We live in a time where a person's words are judged by their actions. We've all heard the saying, don't just talk the talk, but walk the walk, right? Benjamin Franklin famous said, well done is better than well said. This weekend we remember those brave men and women who walked the walk as our veterans, who served in the various branches of the military. So I thank you for your service. Let us turn to our scripture reading for this week. Now, as we do that, uh, it is in James 4, and we'll be reading verses 11 and 12. I also want to point out our Connections Journal. Uh, now, this is something that allows us as a congregation to, uh, to go a little bit deeper into God's Word during the week. It allows us to connect to, to the preaching and allows us to, to tend our hearts um, throughout uh, each day. It allows a little bit of a moment to be able to get deeper into God's Word and to let that uh, go deep into our hearts so that we are changed. So uh, we do put some pretty good effort into the questions that we ask, the things that we put forward in this. So I definitely recommend you use this uh, as a tool to, to get closer with God and to get deeper into His Word. So let us go to James. Again, James 4, verse 11 and 12. It says this, Do not speak evil against one another, brothers and sisters. Whoever speaks evil against another or judges another speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law... You are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver and judge who is able to save and destroy. So who then are you to judge your neighbor? The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Remembering back to last Sunday, Pastor Brad put forward to us that we should back up our religion with our righteousness. Another way we, talk, we walk the walk. We learn that the Bible feels very strongly about the words that come from our mouths. We also were taught that we need to stink. Do we remember that? That we all need to stink? <laughs> if you were not here last week, please take time to listen to that message. Uh, you can find it on our website at TimberlakeUMC.org under the messages link. I also want to acknowledge that those, uh, there might be those listening to me on Facebook or on podcasts, and I just want to say I'm so glad that you've joined in, and I hope that you will be with us next week in person so that you can join the community atmosphere that we so enjoy here at Timberlake. But so I hope that all of you have been able this past week to be slow in speech. That's where we got the stink from, if we remember. That we slow in speech, that we're true, T, that we're true in our motives. That we're inspiring with our words, the I. The N, we're necessary in our intent. And the K, that we're kind in our delivery when we have engaged with our family, friends, coworkers, and so on throughout this past week. So I hope that you've been extra stinky. I will say that this is going to be a hard message to hear for some people. Uh, we're going to be going over the sin of gossip today. Uh, in our Facebook and Twitter-based culture, we might try to downplay that sin as something that is not that big of a deal, that is minuscule, that, that is minor. Um, but rest assured, sin is sin, and it is egregious to God when we do it. We might even look at the sin of gossip as something that's a necessary part of life, used as a tool to get ahead or to feel better about ourselves. So my hope today is that, that we all leave here with an understanding more of God's heart and able to communicate that full hope that we have in Jesus to one another in a better way. Now as we look into James chapter 4, uh, this week my aim is to show us that whatever comes out of our mouths first will be found in our hearts. See, in Matthew, 23, or in Matthew 12, 34, Jesus said, Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. So whatever is inside of us will eventually make an appearance outside of us. If we harbor bitterness, unforgiveness, hate, envy, 
avarice, vainglory, etc. in our hearts, and we must expect that our lives will be tainted by those things as well. It is as we see in James 3 when he talks of the fresh streams not able in producing salt water. We find this as a law of nature. See, cats produce cats. Dogs produce dogs. Everything after its kind. So naturally, we would see bitterness produce bitterness. Gossip breeds more gossip, and so on. So gossip can be defined in many ways, but I found in my, my looking through different things this week that Pastor Rick Warren had a really good definition that was very fitting for us. He says this, When we are talking about a situation with someone who is neither part of the problem or part of the solution, then we are probably gossiping. I'll say it one more time. When we are talking about a situation with someone who is neither part of the problem or part of the solution, then we are probably gossiping. See, in Ephesians 4, verses 23-25, we read, Put off your old nature, which brings to you your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful lusts. And be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and put on the new nature, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, putting away falsehood, let everyone speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. It goes on in verses 29 through 32. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for edifying, as it fits the occasion, that it may be impart grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, in whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. What we see in these verses is a way to examine what and how we speak to each other. We have put off our old nature, which is corrupted in deceitful lusts, desiring its own glory, not the glory of God. See, brothers and sisters, we are being renewed in the spirit of our minds. That's what the, these verses in Ephesians teach us. So what does, it, what does a renewed mind look like, you might ask? Well, what we see in these verses is a way to examine what and how we speak. And in that, the renewed mind comes from an understanding that overgoes our spiritual transformations. So it is not just a natural transformation that a renewed mind is, but it's a spiritual one that goes under the, the power of the Holy Spirit to bring us to a fullness and a knowledge of who He is. So within that, while avoiding the things that we see that seek to steal, kill, and destroy us, our noble effort of renewing our mind takes place by the power of God only through the Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians 3.6 it says, God has made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills but the Spirit gives life. So the new covenant with God brings in it a new freedom for us. It brings with it a profound, blood-bought change from our innermost parts, empowering us to speak life from a renewed heart and renewed mind. We are new creations in Christ. We have new hearts, which means we draw from a pure well of eternal life-giving water. We should always look to speak out of kindness. When we do choose to speak kind words, it is as if we are offering pure, eternal, life-giving water like Jesus did. There's a story of Jesus meeting a woman at a well in Samaria. And what she said was that I could draw some, some water for you, but what Jesus said is that I will give you water that will bring to eternal life. And so we see in that connection that Jesus makes with this woman the ability for us to not just give 
earthly water, but in our lives to be able to bring spirit, life-giving water. Did you know that you were a wellspring of joy-flavored water? Did you know that you're a wellspring of love-flavored water? Did you know that you're a wellspring of self-control-flavored water? See, the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And that is the flavoring of the water that God gives us when we meet with each other and we commune with each other and that we impart our lives to one another. See, friends, we are called to speak out the truth in love. And when we do that, it is the very power of the Spirit that gives us the ability to bring that freshness, that goodness, that refreshing water of eternal life to people if we choose. Now, us Wesleyans know that from, from the beginning, we, we then start the journey with Jesus of a sanctifying grace. So within this, we start the journey of God being justified in Him. And we call that a justifying grace. In that when we meet Jesus and when He comes into our lives and we start to journey with Him, we then follow after Him in, in very amazing ways. And in that, as we walk closely with God and He walks with us, we start to become like Him. We start to look like Him. We start to speak like Him. And it is a pre pretty amazing thing. So we use our speech sometimes, though, to slander. Sometimes we tear down. Sometimes we gossip. And when we do this, we are violating that new heart that God has given us. Our new heart has been renewed so that we could show the work of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit's ability to change us. When we gossip and speak unkind words, we do not only violate ourselves, but we mock the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, our speech is a proof text of where we are in our walk with God. Again, a person who is walking with God will be like God. A person who continues in vulgarities, who speaks consistently ill of others and spouts evil from their mouth, does not have a tongue problem. They have a problem with their heart. See, James is writing to a church that has people in it who claim to be Christians, but the way they conduct themselves looks as though they are not a wellspring of joy-flavored water, but a cesspool of slander and of gossip. See, these people have hearts full of pride and vainglory. They seek their own glory by speaking out all sorts of false or semi-false statements. They elevate themselves and they lower others. A question we can all ask ourselves is this. When I speak of others, do I do so in a way that will lift that person up? Or when I speak, would it tear that person down? Another way of asking that is, what I, is what I am about to say helpful or is it harmful? See, as Christians, we have the Spirit of God inside of us. When we allow ourselves to be guided by the Spirit, we allow for the Spirit to use our whole self even our speech, to reflect our Heavenly Father. Remember when in Matthew 18, Jesus says, whoever receives one such child in my name receives me? Well, God has a lot of kids. And what Jesus says here is how we treat each other ultimately is a reflection of how we treat Christ. God takes it very seriously on how we are to treat each other, for it is very reflection of Him as our Father. Now for me, I have four beautiful children. Uh, they are perfect little angels, I'll tell you that. What? No, they, they, they have their problems, right? In, in some cases, the apple doesn't fall from the tree, right? But within that, the, the understanding that I have is that when you speak ill of me, I'll get over it. 
you know, it might take me a couple of minutes, depends on what you said, maybe it'll take me a couple of hours. If you're an Auburn fan, it's going to be a couple of weeks. Anyways, uh, I digress. The, uh, the reality of it is, is though, when you speak ill of my children, we got a problem. And in my heart, I believe that it's a godly, a godly thing that God gives us as parents to be able to look after our kids. Not just their well-being, not just put food on the table, but their spiritual well-being. I believe that we're called into a deep understanding of who God is when we're, we're called into being parents. Because, and the reality of it is, a lot of times in my life, the greatest things that God has done to move out the bad in my life has been to show me that, I, that how my kids treat me sometimes is how I treat my Heavenly Father. And so within that, when, when people speak ill of, of God's kids, when we start to, to speak ill of each other in bad ways, when we gossip and slander one another, I can only imagine that the heart of the Father is moved to sit there and say, enough. Enough is enough. So within that, uh, we, we move on into an understanding that in order for us to be able to have control over our tongues, we must relinquish our control over to our Father. Uh, gossip might be a very popular sin, but we're not called to be popular. We're called to be holy. And when we gossip, we're proclaiming to the world a couple of things. First thing we proclaim is that we have heart issues. As I've said, gossip is, is a fruit of pride. See, gossip comes from the place of envy, jealousy, and ultimately leads to such things as hatred and slander. When we become comfortable with this sin of gossip, we are inviting the demonic to influence every relationship we have. That's why we see in James, in verse 11, he says, Do not speak evil of one another. For when we do, we are not just choosing to not speak life, but we are choosing to use the power of our tongue to tear down, to not build up, which ultimately leads to death. The second thing we proclaim to the world is that we do not know how to rightly display who Christ is in our speech. James is writing to a church who has individuals in it who claim to be Christ followers, but their mouths open and they show nothing of God's goodness. This gossip fills their mouth from the overflow of pride in their hearts. This is so dangerous because their speech betrays the very work of the cross that they confess to have at work inside of them. One would need to come to the understanding that they might not even have the hope of Christ within them at all. Again, I will say that we all have moments where we slip up and say things we shouldn't. There is grace for those moments, and God is faithful to us in them. However, if gossip and slander are the pattern in which we operate in, then I would suggest for us who are in that pattern to ask the Lord to give you power to overcome that sin, to confess those sins to God and put away that childishness so that you may experience the blessing of the maturity of God and walking closer with Jesus. For us to control our speech, we see that we need for our heart to be renewed in Christ. We see the need to be made new and whole, even in our minds. Our minds are the battleground of ideas. So to, to condition our speech, we must win the war in our mind. Three questions come in handy as we look to win the war of our mind. The first, what do you think of other people? Do you consider others better than yourself, as in Philippians 2? You must understand that other people are your brothers and sisters. Understand who you are gossiping about. If I look at people for their eternal value, then I see them how our Father in Heaven sees them. We must realize that we will be together forever and our brothers, with our brothers and sisters in Christ. With that perspective of understanding that we're all going to be 
forever together, it should change how I speak of people. What do we think of God is the second question. When we speak evil of one another, we are speaking about a creation of God. So in some real ways, we are proclaiming that we can evaluate a person better than God has evaluated them. When we gossip, we are judging God's laws, which tells us to love our brother, and in doing so, in that, we are looking at the higher law of love and saying it is not good enough. See, the power of the cross set up an understanding for us that greater love hath no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. And in the power of that, we have to understand that God's reputation is on the line when we speak ill of one another. For when we speak ill of one another, ultimately it is coming against his character and what he has done and the work that he has done on the cross. It says that that work was not good enough. It says that that work was not right enough. And brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you, it was. It was absolutely right. It was absolutely good. And it works the power of that through our salvation into becoming more and more like Him. So let us do that. The third question is, what do we think about ourselves? In verse 12, James asked this question, So who then are you to judge your neighbor? Do we consider ourselves to be judges over our neighbor? If we gossip of them, we do. We must not think of ourselves as judges over others. That is not to say that we are not to spur one another on in righteousness. See, the way we know the difference between gossip and this spurring of each other on the righteousness is best found in an understanding of what sacrifice is. See, when we spur each other on in righteous ways, we are saying, brother, I am willing to walk with you through this. I am willing to be there for you. I am willing to make sacrifices on my end so that you can receive a better understanding of God's heart, His nature, and what He wants from you. See, spurring each other on righteousness looks a lot like sacrifice. It looks a lot like what marriage is supposed to. It looks like laying your life down for your friend. And we remember that greater love hath no man than that when he does that. See, gossip looks to make ourselves bigger. It moves us to sit there and say, God, I know that, that you're, you're the judge right now, but could you move over on that bench? Because I'd like to sit there too. And we all know the story of the one called Satan who looked at the bench of God and said, I could sit there. And we know where he ends up. So let us look at ourselves. Let us be able to spur it on to the goodness of God. To be when we speak, that we sit there and understand that the words that come from our mouths are important. See, brothers and sisters, in Genesis, we learn that God spoke forth everything from His mouth. When He created, He created with His words. And so in that, we are the shadow of God, the very image of Him. And when we speak, we actually create things with our words. See, it would be very easy for me to even lose my job right now with some things that could come out of my mouth, amen? I could say some pretty bad things. I could be pretty, pretty mean, pretty harsh, pretty bad. I could lose the trust that my kids have with the words that come out of my mouth. I could lose the trust that my wife has with me out of the words that come out of my mouth. See, it takes only a few seconds to say an unkind word that causes destruction that goes out forever. It takes a community of faith and believers time and time and time together to be able to build up kind words toward each other 
to be able to build up those strong words of, of faith and love and hope together that tie us together. See, when we come together in moments like this, we should be able to speak into each other in kind ways, bringing the glory of God to the paramount, to the forefront of our lives. For when we do that, we build a strong church. We build a strong representation of who Christ is. We build in ourselves the bounty in which God has for us. See, brothers and sisters, I want to just put it out there for us that it takes time to encourage. It takes sacrifice of our lives to be able to reach out in the moment of someone else's misery, of their sorrow, of their messiness, of their mess of life. It takes time to do that. It takes courage to be able to step into somebody else's muck and mire and to sit there and say, you know what, let's get cleaned up together. So I urge us, brothers and sisters, this day to be able to put on that new heart, that new understanding, to renew our mind and the Spirit, to be able to go forward in what Christ has for us, to put away all type of evil speech, for it does not do any good for anyone to be found in gossip. So this is where we meet the need for God in our lives. For us who believe in the power of the resurrection, that glorious power that raised Christ from the grave, it flows through us. So if we give over our rights to God, God gives us that resurrection power to let the old man die off with his nasty gossip-filled mouth and he provides us with a new man, with a new heart that has the power to overcome death itself and to speak words of life into the lives of everyone we meet. This is good news, and good news is worth sharing. Glory be to God.